just had to remind myself that God was good and that no matter what happened, He was good and He was there. Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today in our podcast, we have Laura Kincaid. Laura, we're going to talk a little bit about Jenna's journey and having a birth that maybe isn't what you quite expected. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, how you came to Cornerstone, maybe anything that we would like to know. My husband and I, Scott, we've been married for 11 and a half years, and we've been at Cornerstone for 11 and a half years. And we started about a month after we got married. Okay. And uh, we have four kids. Leah is eight. Mm -hmm. Austin is five and a half. Cole will be four next week, and Jenna just turned one. All right. So we're going to talk about Jenna today. Um, she's your youngest, just turned one. When's her birthday last? February 16th. All right. Very recently. So Jenna's birth was kind of a scary event with some lasting repercussions. Can you just tell us a little bit about what happened when Jenna was born? Yeah. So, um, or even maybe starting with your pregnancy, yeah. awareness of the problem, okay. things yeah. like that. So really pretty much a low key pregnancy, nothing, you know, out of the, I've had, high stressful ones and this one was really easy um Mm -hmm. going I would say the thing that was different about this is somewhere deep in my heart I knew something was off and I even questioned whether we would ever bring her home from the hospital I know that sounds weird but I just always had this um uncertainty about that even during the pregnancy even during the pregnancy there was no reason why I should have had that but I just had this sense that maybe something wasn't right. And um, so I think I didn't always attach and I was distant during the pregnancy for it. And uh-huh. there's some cool things that they say God goes before you. Right. And there were certain markers that Scott and I can look back on and say God was preparing us. Right. That we didn't even know what was what was happening. So Scott and I had a couple things that we can look back on and, and see that God was going before us. And mm-hmm. and one of them is like in, in November, so she was due in March. Um, okay. Mid- Early on. Yeah. So we had to decide on health insurance plans and what we were going to do. And we both struggled talking about it. I don't know why it was hard to decide which plan we were going to go on. And one night he came to me and he said, I think we need to go with the richer benefit plan. And I hmm. said, I, I do too. And he said, what if she ends up in the NICU? And I said, yeah, I mean, she probably won't, but if she did... And did you have experience with that with one of your others before? Um, we had an emergency C-section okay. with our second one, and okay. we'd had a miscarriage with our first, and uh-huh. so so we decided to go with um, the pay more monthly to get a better yeah. insurance benefit in case right. something happened, it would, in the long run, right. save us some money. And so right. we decided on that, and then... January rolls around and, you know, we're two months uh-huh. from her coming uh-huh. that we know because it was going to be a routine C-section and right. I couldn't decorate her room. I had found some stuff on Amazon and I had ordered it and it sat in the package in a room and I remember pulling it all out of the box but leaving everything folded perfectly so I could, 
put it back put in. it back in and I remember keeping the receipt because um, if something happened to her I wanted to be able to return it and I didn't huh. want to waste that money right. which is kind of a weird thing to think yeah. about anyway but right. I was concerned about wasting that money and right then, um, another thing for they started out as gifts but I've done it for all of our kids is there's this baby book that I buy from Hallmark and so I went and I bought that and I sat down a couple weeks before she was born and we knew her name was going to, she wasn't named, like we really even struggled to name her for the longest time. Huh. And so we had finally decided on Jenna for her name. Right. And I wrote the J in her baby book and I shut it and I was mad at myself because now I couldn't return the baby book. If something so you really did have the impression that something might be wrong. Yeah. So I just felt unsettled and like my mom came over and was like, we really need to decorate her room. And and I don't think I could articulate what I was feeling to anyone. It was just this, an uneasiness that I had. Yeah. And so around the, I guess that would have been like February 12th or something okay. like that. It was a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. um, and my kids were in school and I noticed her movement change. That, what, what, is, what do you mean by that? Well, she would always kind of play a game with mm-hmm. me. Like I could always tell it was her foot. And uh-huh. she'd poke her foot out, and I'd poke it back in. Mm-hmm. And she'd poke her foot out, like, and uh-huh. we'd just play that back and forth a yeah. lot. And she was, a, you know, a fairly active baby, and uh-huh. I, you know, was used to her moving and stuff. Right. But it was very different. I would feel slight movements, but they were much weaker hmm. and not nearly as strong. Hmm. I couldn't get her to stick her foot out like she normally did. I remember taking a nap Friday afternoon, just laying down really focusing on making right. sure I was counting kicks and everything. Yeah, that's I, a, tell me about the counting kicks thing. We didn't have that when I was Yeah, you're pregnant. supposed to have, um, you're supposed to be able to count like, is it, I think it's like 10 kicks within an hour or okay. something like that. And so I had, our first we had, she was a real calm baby uh-huh. and, and she's, she always was. And so she was calm in the womb as yeah. well. And so I had to count kicks with her a lot. Oh. So it's kind of something I did okay. with all of our kids. Okay. And, um, so I had done that with Jenna and you learn the pattern of movement, I right. think with your baby and you know, when they're more active and you right, know when they're right. less active uh-huh. and she is, was just definitely less active. And oh. like I said, I felt movement, but it wasn't strong. It was weaker than it normally had been, but you know, she's my fourth and right. we were getting towards the end and I just kept convincing myself that she's it getting was bigger. She was getting yeah. bigger. Yeah. And if you go to the emergency room, <laughs> I'm not going to take you seriously. And so I just kind of played it off, but really focused on making sure I felt some movement every day. Um, Saturday, I was, honestly, I couldn't even handle like being a mom. I remember telling Scott that I was like, I, I am so overwhelmed by this and something's not right. And I I don't know how to describe it. Mom sense things like that. Yeah. And I just had a strong sense and, and he, he could tell. And so he even just took the kids and. But at the same time, I was doing freezer meals. I was doing all this meal prep. I was just prep, trying to yeah. busy myself. Yeah. And then Sunday rolled around. And we actually went out that on a date that Saturday night. And we talked about all of that and tried to talk huh. through it. And So you were trying to talk yourself out of it. Yeah, almost. I was. I huh. was. Um, but knowing something was not right. Um, Sunday, same thing. Sunday night, she ended up having the hiccups. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, I got a little bit more movement. My doctor's always out on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk to her because mm. we've had a long history of mm-hmm. a lot of complications. And she 
I know if I say, hey, something's not right, I don't feel right about something, uh-huh. she'll take me serious. So I was holding out for my <coughs> appointment on mon- on Tuesday morning at 9. Mm-hmm. So went in, was running a little bit late, it was icy, got there, got a 150 you know, heartbeat hmm. on the Doppler. Mm-hmm. Everything looked good. You know, how's movement? And is she was just, you know, ask, how's it going? How's, how's she moving? Mm-hmm. And I just started crying in her office and I said, something's not right. And I said, something's been off since Friday. And she said, okay, um, we're going to go do a non-stress test. Depending on how that comes out, if that happens again, between now and when she's supposed to be born. Yeah. This is how you get to the OB floor. This is the steps I want you to take. And she, she took me seriously. And so we went on to the non-stress test and they just wanted to get movement because we had a heart rate that was fine. And how far, um, in front of her due date was this? How far? I was at right at 37 weeks. Okay. So So three weeks, three weeks early. Yeah. Not any, you know, abnormal Mm -hmm. or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And so we went in and got a heart rate, but no movement. And so they said, okay, just, you know, you have to click a button every time you feel the baby move. So they okay. left me for a few minutes, okay. came back to check on me, still no movement. Wow. Got me some juice, yeah. did this little buzzer thing on her. Okay, let's see how that goes. No, you know, I wasn't moving. And as I was sitting there, her the heart rate was going from 150 to 140, to 130, to 120. And I was like, okay. I'm so glad you were there. Yeah. I was like 110. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ring for the nurse at 100. Well, she came in at 100, but it had dropped quickly down to 90. And so we were at, she was at 90. Her heart rate was, the nurse was moving pretty quickly, called the doctor in and the doctor's, um, like I said, we've had a long relationship and Uh she just came in and she said, Laura, we weren't going to do this again. Um, just meaning having an emergency kind of unexpected birth. And I said, I know. And I, I just started crying and she said, you need to call Scott and you're going to go over to the hospital now today. Yeah. And so they put me in a wheelchair. I, I couldn't get a hold of Scott. (laughs) I I called him and he didn't answer. He was on a conference call. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, you need to go get the boys. They happen to be at Titus two playgroup with a Uh friend. And, Uh She's like, oh, okay, and trying to get everyone settled while I'm in the wheelchair over to the hospital. And so you'd had an emergency C-section with, with which other child? Austin, our second one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was this part wasn't completely um, this, unfamiliar Yeah, to this you? one, I was in labor with him, and mm, so... Got it. But in his heart rate, he just had yeah. too many D-cells and wasn't oh, okay. recovering from them, um, wasn't handling that and so I was already at the hospital okay we knew he was coming yeah. okay it this was, however was a total surprise this was a total surprise okay. I had no idea when I went in that okay I went in with nothing <laughs> so you went in alone basically now yeah. okay mm-hmm. and your mom got the boys yeah and I finally got a hold of Scott and I don't think he could even grasp what was happening and because I told him I was like you need to get to the hospital Right. And he said, okay, and like 30 minutes passed and he still wasn't there. And I think he didn't understand what was happening. And uh-huh. I finally said, yeah. I'm getting ready to go into yeah. the OR. Like, you need to get here. Uh-huh. And he made it in about five minutes. I went yeah. to the OR. So he <gasps> actually happened to go to the wrong 
hospital tower. He ended up getting so flustered and everything and finally made it. And basically I went straight into the OR because her heart rate. At that point, they told us that it was probably a cord issue that we were facing. um, That she just needed to come and be out right now as soon as possible because clearly she was suffering from a yeah so tell us what happened after that i'd had a c-section before and so i kind of knew what to expect but again this one was totally different Uh um normally they tell you like okay the baby's gonna be born now Uh um and it was pretty much silent throughout the entire c-section and nobody really said anything i didn't even know that she had been born um oh my nobody said uh, that no so she wasn't breathing at all when she was born and so all i saw was the the pediatrician and the nurse um they i i knew she'd been born because i saw them carrying a green towel but i couldn't even see her because she was all wrapped in there and i looked over and i just saw them shaking her (gasps) and um they just said open the doors we're going to the NICU and it was just quiet um Nobody knew, like, my doctor wasn't even really saying a whole lot. And so I knew that it was pretty serious at that point in time because uh-huh. um, I'd had a C-section before and they had been pretty lighthearted in, in them and yeah. everything and it was it was pretty quiet. And then they finally told Scott, they said, you need to, you need to come see this and you need to take a picture of this. Um, she had a true knot in her cord. Huh. And so we looked, he went and saw it and so they told him immediately what yeah and and then he you know came and kind of okay told me what was going on and I was physically shaking so I was really struggling through this right Um, not knowing no and what's going on and from the time that I was in the doctor's office to the OR like I I physically couldn't stop shaking I was so scared yeah and yeah there's so much going on around like it nothing yeah. was making sense and it was happening so fast right. and you're just kind of along for the ride but and it's kind of what you had feared already yeah yeah yeah, yeah I think that was something too that I was I knew something wasn't right and and it's not right and I thought I wouldn't bring her home so is this a life or death situation like what are we even facing yeah. here so when did you find out more um that's when things I feel like get kind of fussy for me so she was born at eleven thirty. she was taken to the NICU they got her stabilized and then they finally told Scott he could go back and so see they her. got her you said she wasn't breathing when they no she okay. wasn't breathing um so she it took him about a minute a minute and a half so I I actually got a physical bill for newborn resuscitation <gasps> in the mail from McFarlane oh Clinic so, huh. yeah, it's kind of funny to see a price tag yes to that coding. Right. Because um, clearly you'd pay anything right. for that. But So did they, they determined that her cord had a knot in it mm-hmm. and she wasn't getting oxygen. Right. And that had just gotten tighter and tighter as she had gotten bigger. Yeah, it's actually kind of a <clears throat> interesting. Her It was a true knot around her foot. So her foot was saving her life. And restricting her oxygen at the same time. And it was also wrapped around her leg. So by wrapping it around the leg, the knot was being held onto her foot. If her foot would have slipped out, the knot would have cinched 100% tight and she would have been gone within like an hour or so. Um, Wow. So her foot was saving her life, but it was also anytime she kicked, 
it was tightening the knot as uh-huh. well. So it's really yeah. cool to see how God, ha- it was really absolutely perfect huh. um, in a sense that it was being held onto her foot by also, being which almost caused a second knot. Mm-hmm. And they said it was almost a double true knot. And ultimately she was probably, they said, within a day of not making it anyway because she had been suffering lack of oxygen for uh-huh. so long yeah. that it, her body probably couldn't have sustained it any longer. But huh. we didn't really learn that until um, a, later on that day. Huh. So she was born and taken to the NICU and stabilized. And then we were kind of under the impression that it was just normal newborn early stuff. Oh. Um, on and off of oxygen, right. um, glucose levels not stabilized, couldn't uh-huh. regulate body temperature. Huh. And so I couldn't see her. So she was born at 1130 and I never saw her after she had been born. But Scott did. Yeah, Scott was going back and forth oh, to the wow. NICU and they were taking care of her. Um, I finally was stable enough myself mm-hmm. to go to her at 330. So when I got to her at 3.30 um, that day, she hadn't cried yet, and she was pretty lethargic when I saw her. Um, Didn't really respond to my voice, wasn't rooting, wasn't sucking, you know, like wasn't needing a pacifier. They were drawing blood and pricking her, and she wasn't crying. Oh, my. Um, So I knew something wasn't right, Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand what was Mm -hmm. going on. And then the doctor finally pulled Scott and I aside and said, hey, we're we actually have a very questionable diaper here. Like this isn't normal newborn stool. Uh Um, And so we thought we were dealing with GI issues of some sort or infection or unknown. And she said, this is really out of my hands and I don't know what's going on. And so we've actually called blank and they requested some blood work. And so they were sending the ambulance up. So you were really confused about all of this. Yeah. Cause I, th- and I, did you know there was a chance of brain damage and no, I didn't. Okay. Um, so I, I, like I said, I thought we were dealing with GI yeah. issues. Yeah. So, um, Scott left the hospital because I we had nothing, and he was going to go with Jenna, but I had absolutely nothing because I wasn't planning. Exactly. So he went and grabbed stuff for okay. me for that night because okay. they said, you know, we're not going to send you. You're oh, how still horrible. out of yeah. C-section. We need we want you here, and she's oh, going to wow. go. And so, um, but in that time, it was a sweet gift that I got to hold her for the first time. And in that time that I held her, like I got to watch her oxygen levels for the first time stabilize mm-hmm. where they needed to be. Hmm. And for the first time, um, she started acting like she wanted to eat. Hmm. And maybe just because she was by you. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think it was. And she cried for the first time and wow. the nurses were like, Oh, there's her voice. And wow. then they actually, she started sucking on her pacifier uh-huh. and the nurse came over and she's like, is that her? Like she hadn't, she hadn't done any she of that. She hadn't done any she of that. She just needed to be by her mom. Yeah. And so that was, I think, in, later on is what really made made a difference in her life and in the treatment that she received. And so we got to be together for a short amount of time. But then they came to me because they had her, you know, with warm blankets and we were keeping her right. warm. And then all of a sudden they came and they said, um, we need we need to cool her down. And I was like, well, that's weird. Her body temperature yeah. We've been struggling with that. They were taking her hat off. They were taking the blankets off her. And they're like, you can have about five minutes holding her, and then you need to put her back in the bay, and we need to get her body temperature down. Huh. And I was really confused again by that. Yeah. And then 
um, about that quick. They're like, okay, we see the lights, the ambulance is here, they'll be up in a few minutes. And oh um, Scott came back, and it, the transport team was excellent, but it's very overwhelming um, when there's... Especially when we just got to hold her. Yeah, and, you know, there's all these NICU nurses in there, and there's the, tran- you know, the yeah. EMTs and everything. And so they were doing all of their evaluations on her and her reflexes, mm-hmm. and I could tell something wasn't right. Just all the basic newborn reflexes, mm-hmm. and I could tell in how they were measuring their... They kept doing them. Mm. And so I knew something wasn't right, mm-hmm. and then they finally said, okay, we've done our evaluation. Do you understand why she is being transported? And I said... No, no, I don't. And they said, okay, well, um, she's had, in her blood work, her blood gas level was elevated and she's showing signs of brain damage. And we wanted to transport her um, to be on the cooling blanket for 72 hours. Her body temperature will drop um, as low as it possibly can because when they've suffered some brain damage, sometimes that can cause it, this, they need to stop the brain damage uh-huh. from happening and so, so they cool the body they cool the body so that the brain can heal okay and so these put her in the little isolate and um started cooling her on the way down to des moines and so that'd be difficult to watch yeah it was it was hard and all of a sudden we were went from okay we're we're having a baby today your baby's not breathing to i think everything's gonna be okay to Maybe we're dealing with GI issues too. Now, what does it look like to have a baby with brain damage? Um, What does it look like to parent a baby with brain damage? And so they took Jenna and Scott drove separately. um, And he just prayed with me and Uh left. And that was really hard on him Uh to leave me. But he wanted, you know, she needed someone. So he left and there I sat trying to figure out. I, rem- I remember saying, God, how do, how do I parent a baby with, with brain damage? And he said, you love her. Huh. And I said, what will my kids, how, how does this affect my other three kids? And he said, they'll love her. And huh. um, You made it so simple. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was hard, but I didn't, it was just a lot to process mm-hmm. and take in mm-hmm. at, at that time. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. so she was critically ill. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep on believing that God is good, you know, in that moment when she's critically ill? You said you ask, you know, how are we going to do this? But how do you keep trusting and not going down the path of worrying? It's, it was kind of just so surreal. Huh. I can't say that I prayed a whole lot because I honestly couldn't get out any words to Uh say. I just would start saying, God, God, please. And Uh that's about all the farther I could get. Right. I remember in the OR trying to pray like during the C-section and just being so upset, but finally just singing and humming out loud in the OR, how great thou art. I, I just had to remind myself that God was good hmm. and that no matter what happened, he was good and he was there. And I, I felt his presence and I knew he was carrying me. And I think it was just one of those times that I think about that verse where the Holy Spirit, you know, intercedes on our behalf. When we have to nothing get, to say. When we have nothing to uh-huh. say. And that is just exactly. what was taking place. Huh. 
So you just kind of entrust yourself to God, even if you don't understand it. And it's scary. Yeah. You've got to choose to believe that God is good. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just where I sat. And I can't say that I read my Bible a whole lot right. during that time, that I had these great prayers. It was just, I just knew that he was there. And I huh. was just going to kind of sit at his yeah. feet and hold on tight. Right. That's about all you can do in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So did this experience, like, were you and Scott on the same page or was it a, an experience that kind of brought you closer? Because you were in NICU for quite a while. We actually weren't okay. there that long. Okay. So, um, yeah, her story, it took lots of dives, but then quick rebounds at the same time. And so, um, yeah, we were about four or five days. I can't fully remember so not really that uh-huh. long compared to a lot of people uh-huh. um so but, she seemed to improve when she got to blank yeah so by the time she had got to blank um they had a window period for this um like guidelines medical guidelines for mm-hmm. this cooling blanket mm-hmm. and she was actually one hour outside of the window they want them to be cooled within six hours mm-hmm. of birth and she was on hour seven mm. um but they had waived all that the doctors down at blank but when they got there he said, I'm seeing some really good signs hmm. and um, I'd like to not do the cooling blanket um, because that's there's a that's three days and that's hard on mm-hmm. a little body if mm-hmm. it's not necessary. Right. So we'll do brain scans, blood work, monitor uh-huh. and watch for, you know, just watch her body for right. the next few days. And so they were just monitoring a lot and running a lot of tests and they did so you said some of her organs had already kind of started shutting down yeah so what we found out as the days unfolded that we weren't you know we ruled out an infection and we found out that basically the way they described it her body um her organs had been insulted <laughs> so it's kind of a word that they use huh. so like her kidneys weren't quite functioning her her liver was not functioning well and her um, intestines were shutting down. So the, huh. the stool that That's started That's why it off, looked strange. Yeah. She, um, okay. she was actually um, shedding the lining of her intestines um, during that time. So basically they Because said, of lack of oxygen? Yeah. So her body, okay. your body shuts down from the outside in. And so your heart and your brain are the last to okay. go. And so her brain was showing signs of brain damage. So they, huh. that's how they knew that it would have been her heart next. And that's okay. how they were able to determine that she was that close okay. to, because so all these other things were shutting down. Saved in the nick of time. Yeah, she was. Wow. Yeah. So all of that, um, did that really tough time? So that was about a little over, about a week or so? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so you brought her home, but it was, there was still stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even now. Yeah. So give us a kind of a report on So yeah, we, she went home and everything was trending downward is what they said. She wasn't in the normal range really on anything, but they had seen everything go down significantly on a daily basis. As far as risk, you mean? Yeah. But they felt comfortable sending her home and kind of putting her in our pediatrician's care. Okay. I would have liked to To stay longer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so we went back and our pediatrician did blood work and some things like that. Yeah. She just, I mean, her body had been through so much. I would say it, 
as a mom. She didn't act like a new normal newborn baby until she was about a month old. Huh. Um, just her body was just healing. Yeah. And everything that happens is is amplified. You know, huh. if she had a bad day, is, yeah. is everything okay? Are her mm. organs shutting down mm-hmm. again? You know, like you it, just have a fear. Yeah, I was uh-huh. uneasy and uh-huh. you know, she got these strange bumps all over her body, which happened to just be healing, but it was Hmm. a buildup of, you know, like calcium and all yeah. of this strange stuff. And it was just kind of all these reminders along the way of what had happened. Huh. And, um, I remember just too, like they said, we don't know necessarily the extent of what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, all we'll know the only way we can track that now is by, um, developmental markers mm-hmm. And so we've just kind of spent this whole year watching for developmental markers Mm -hmm. and she hasn't hit them in Mm. the normal range. And even with her adjusted age, she's Mm -hmm. missed some of them. And Mm. so we've been doing OT and PT, Mm -hmm. um, for the last, you know, six months or so Mm. on and off. And she didn't have some of her reflexes weren't Mm -hmm. present. And so they worked on some of those, but She's doing really well. Hmm. Um, she's still behind, but we have a lot of... But not noticeably. No. To me, at least. Yeah. Most people wouldn't yeah. wouldn't know it. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of kids, like our third, he didn't walk until he was 16 months. Uh-huh. You know? I think it's just the thing that if for a normal kid that's not walking at 16 months, you're like, oh, they're yeah. just kind of a content uh-huh. kid or whatever. But in but the back her, of our minds, yeah. it's like... Is something there brain wrong. damage? Yeah. Is there something wrong? So have they done brain scans and things and, and monitor Those have that? been clear, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. been good. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's just been, they've just been checking up on yeah. things. And so you basically are just waiting and seeing and yeah. trusting God that he's got it all under control. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's hard to do. Yeah. So how has that been for you and Scott, for your marriage? Has it been a test or did it unify you? I would say in a lot of ways it unified us. Huh. I mean, there are times that it was testing, but I've seen strengths in him that I did not know that he had huh. through this process, like especially when he was at the NICU and he was kind of managing all of the doctors and yeah. what was happening and intaking all the information. Right. Um, I heard him ask questions that I would have never thought of. And huh. He's not a medical guy. Like, yeah. He's really squeamish in hospitals, and mm-hmm. so he... He just handled it well, hmm. and he's been just a great listener t- to me. Like, mm-hmm. and I tend to be more emotional, and so he's been a great balance for that, and to keep things in perspective when I feel scared and overwhelmed. Right, um, and he so took yeah. you seriously. You yeah, know, when you're scared. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great because sometimes these things will actually pull us apart. Yeah. So that God used it for unity. You know, that's fantastic that you guys feel closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did your kids respond? You know, when things aren't normal, you always kind of are really concerned about your other kids. Mm-hmm. And how did they respond to the changes after Janice's birth? Because she needed a lot of attention. Yeah. They did really well. Um, I don't think our boys really understood what was happening. Oh, okay. Too young. Um, yeah, too young. Our daughter grasp little bits of it and she would ask some questions you know is is she gonna make it and and she would see us I mean 
sharing her story and yeah, talking about right. that. And we guarded them pretty hard in uh-huh. the hospital. We didn't yeah. let them know what was going on mm-hmm. until we kind of had an idea of right. what was going on. Um, and so our boys, of course, didn't care, but she did. Uh-huh. And um, so I think she knew that something wasn't right. Um, but they've done great. Huh. They've loved it. Honestly, something that's been so cool about it is my boys have gotten to go to OT and PT with yeah. her. And so that's so, occupational therapy and physical therapy? Yeah. Okay. And so they'll get to be in the therapy sessions. But there's other families in the gym mm-hmm. where we are. And um, our three-year-old, almost four-year-old, has mm-hmm. kind of befriended a little boy with Down syndrome. Oh, and that's really neat. they've gotten to see um, kiddos that you know don't have arms and legs yeah. and are learning how to walk. Yeah. And it's just been really cool that after we can leave, we can stop Talk. and say, guys... God made them, uh-huh. and he made them special. And isn't it amazing at what they can do right. with, well, you know, they don't have legs, mm-hmm. but they're learning to go up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And we need to thank God for what you've, you have, you yeah. know. And so what a great way to teach them about God's goodness and grace, even though things seem abnormal here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like God's still good and he gives us good gifts. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. In a way that you may not have been able to do without those sessions. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't have. and that, Or else it would have been awkward, you know? Right. And it's not. Like, yeah. Our, I would say our family has a new heart huh. for that. Yeah. And that's that's what happens. that's yep. grown in this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Your kids were probably a lot more um, drawn to kids like that rather than being scared of them. Right. You know? And I think one thing that has been interesting like even yesterday I was at Walmart and there was an older um maybe a a girl in her 20s that had some you know mental disabilities Uh but really wanted to play peekaboo with Jenna and maybe in the past I would have been slightly annoyed by that and Jenna was a little scared but I held her and I let her play peekaboo with Jenna because That could have been Jenna. Exactly. Exactly. God gave you a heart now. Yeah. And I realized that, For that, you know, as you look at those parents, they walked that road of shock. That's not, that's not the path that they expected. Right. Um, and there's... But it was their path. It was their path. And those people are beautiful. Right. And amazing. Mm-hmm. And... I just see more of the hurdles that they have overcome hmm. and, and I have a, just a new respect for right. their parents and, right. and for them. That you wouldn't have without having Jenna. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good gift that God gives us. Experience gives us empathy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really does. So what has God taught you about yourself through this whole situation? That I like to control things. Huh. <laughs> and... I like things to fit in a box mm-hmm. and this has kind of blown that up mm-hmm. and um, I think I've had to learn that he's enough and that I like to look at it that every um, every child, every life is beautiful and a gift and we know that um, but there's times that God lifts that veil back and really allows us to see how it's really him and him alone that mm. hold that yeah. holds life in his hands. Right. He is he's the giver and the sustainer of life. Mm. And he pulled that veil back and he showed us how close 
Jenna was to death, to being with him versus being here with us. And you have no idea why he chose you to be able to have a child that lived. No. You know, or didn't sustain brain damage. Right. Don't you feel like that's a huge blessing of grace upon your life? I mean... It is. It was almost a struggle. Um, I remember she was a couple weeks old holding her when I was by myself. I couldn't stop crying because it's the sovereignty of God. Exactly. And sometimes you're on the good side right and sometimes you're on the bad side of god's sovereignty and you never it's out of your control but in in if we see it in his economy it's all good it is all good yeah in my circumstances it feels yeah bad you know exactly sometimes you get what you want sometimes you don't right and this time we did and we didn't deserve it there's nothing that in fact, we didn't deserve it. You yeah. know, we don't deserve all of the good gifts that God exactly. chose to give us through this, but he did. And it was hard to process all of that. I'm still not able to process all of that. I don't mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I ever will. Hmm. I think that's okay because it gives you, uh, God's very awesome mm-hmm. and not understandable. And so it makes him even greater, I think, in our eyes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you've gone through this experience of having a critically ill child and not understanding what's going on. And there's some moms that either have been through that or may go through that, you know, mm-hmm. and families in the future. So would you like to pray for those um, women, especially that they would be able to say God's enough, you know, in those yeah. situations? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. God, we um, humbly come before you and we just um, thank you for, um, for life and for giving us life and, um, sustaining life. And I pray for, um, I, first of all, just thank you for what you've done in Jenna's life. And God, I know that there's a lot of families out there that haven't had that income or the outcome that we have had. And, um, I pray that you would comfort their hearts and meet them where they need and, or people that are facing long-term issues that, will never go away. And I pray that you would sustain them and give them grace and meet their needs and help them to feel loved by the body of Christ as well. And God, for those moms who will have a birth that doesn't go as planned, whether that just be a C-section that you didn't want or a baby that ends up in the NICU, I pray that you would sustain them and give them just joy in those moments and that you would help them to feel your presence and see you in a new way. Um, God, you are amazing and you are a mighty God and we are just grateful that we can trust in you and even when this world is failing us and everything around us is, God, that you are faithful and that we have you. Um, So yeah, we just thank you, God, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. I know some of it was hard, and uh, some of it you have to recall memories that were difficult, but I think it'll be really helpful to um, so many moms out there. So thanks for meeting with us today and sharing Jenna's story. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?